0: Testing, testing, one, two, testing, testing. Everything's a go. The year's almost a wrap. And I know I haven't recorded or put anything out. Marchish, maybe? I'm thinking, I'm trying to, I think it's that far back. Season two, I think, only had three episodes. This is episode 0001. Of season three of the pod. I'm not going to apologize for not being here since March. But a lot been going on that has nothing to do with writing. So I kind of got a little distracted. Not really distracted. Things had to get put in order. A little more acutely than have been before. So years rapping, I tend to write a lot during this time of the year, because I tend to prepare for the top of next season, for all the things that happen at the top of the, the year. So I figured it's time to put something out, time to record, time to just talk to you guys again. And it's really amazing because I've been wanting to record this episode for a while now. Sheesh, yeah. my house is a mess and I'm trying to clean this thing up on a Thanksgiving morning while I record So if you hear little noises in the background, most likely that's what it is. But anyway, if you've been listening from the beginning, you may have caught on to like the two biggest influences to me that kind of really got me kicked off wanting to write and be a writer and kind of be a creative person from a scientist are two films, well one film and one show that dropped within, I don't know, maybe 10 months of each other. You know, The Matrix in 99 and Sopranos in 2000. And what are the odds when, damn it, 21, 22 years later, they both come back to us, which is, I can't even put a bigger bow on that on this year. It just blew me away that that just happened to happen for me, and all of us really, but you know, thinking about me mostly. When I'm kind of like knocking on the door with my own creative work getting put out there, and it just, I'm not going to go as far as like it's a sign kind of thing, because you know... When I talk to people about it, you know, when I just, yo, can you believe, man, Sopranos dropped something, and the Matrix is coming back. Two things that I thought were never going to be touched again, especially by the original people, the original creators and the original people who are responsible for them. But here we are. We got Matrix dropping in, what, 30 days? The Sopranos prequel movie just dropped, what, uh, a couple months ago? And, it, and those really gave me the... It's like I've been wanting to record this episode probably since then. And talk to you guys about those two events and how I view them. Because there's not really much to talk about before today in regards to writing. For me, I haven't really done much, I'm going to be honest. Maybe some editing, some tweaking. But even though I'm not writing, you know... It, if you pay attention to me, I spend so little time actually writing the right. Writing the stuff is usually the fastest thing for me. You know, it's, the, it's all the meditation and the researching and the outlining and things like that. Now, yes, I know I said a hundred times before, I don't physically outline unless it's a pilot. So yes, I outline in my mind and I have a pilot that I worked on that one of these these days I'm going to record myself doing this outline process because people seem to be overly interested in the way I do it. Being that I said I don't outline, but when I do outline, they really want to know about that. So I'm going to have to record that. May have to do a YouTube channel for that. Because, you know, no one really outlines the same. So, yeah. So what I've been doing, you know, leading up to this Thanksgiving morning or afternoon, whatever it is, I've been watching a lot of anime when I'm not working. Like a ton of anime, like just a ton of, I mean, COVID hit, everything got delayed and I just jumped into anime. So I just been, anime, 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 and everyone's good. Did you watch this? Did you watch that? No, I didn't then we watch it. If we're not having an anime discussion, I really haven't watched a lot of these shows. I think I really gave maybe three or four shows really a chance, and I kind of just been saving that for later. You know, I you know here or there I'll catch a couple of episodes of things that I already watched already. I mean, I watch one episode of Sopranos a week. You know, a random episode. I'll just go in there and you know want to see a performance and kind of just jump in there and do that. But uh I'm really getting, you know, I got to dust my computer off. Right now it's covered by a bunch of sports cards. I picked up sports card collecting <laughs> during this COVID thing and I it's kind of I've kind of run amok with it. I can't even see my computer anymore. I pulled out the, you know, the comfy computer office chair to get myself in uh writing mode, I guess. And uh yeah i just been working, making money. Eating good tasting food whenever I can. I mean, I don't really cook anymore. Probably haven't cooked consistently since pre-COVID, to be honest. And that's really what's up. So, you know, you guys finally got what you wanted. The pot is here. I'm back. I got at least three episodes in a row coming because we're going to have to, we're going to have a long discussion about this thing, about, you know, the Sopranos movie and just everything really about like what Sopranos has done, not only for me, but for like all the other people who are, who it influenced. And I mean we all know what the matrix is or maybe we don't and maybe i may have to teach you guys what the matrix is a lot of people believe the matrix is the start of you know what cyberpunk is or at least the pinnacle of what it is but really i mean matrix is almost the death of cyberpunk genre like you know everything that led up to the matrix helped create what the matrix is and the matrix just put such a huge bow on it. I mean, why would you ever even try to do that again? I mean, The Matrix is such a special event in film and art history that like people just said, like, I'm not gonna do that again, because we can't. And it's amazing, like, The, the Matrix is, is a piece of art, it's a metaphor, it's a discussion, Is it's the ending of a formula altogether. Especially now, the context of it now being how Wachowski brothers started it and were the creatives, and now they're the Wachowskis. They've gone through a transformation very similar, you know, the, the residual self image. They've changed their image physically, literally, and their presentation to the world in the last 20 years. So when people pour themselves into the art, like when I speak, because, you know, people ask me about my podcast, like, what do you talk? Well, so you talk about, you know, how to write sentences, and I really don't really talk about that, you know, technical aspects to writing. You know, that's kind of, uh, well, not, not technical aspects, but just, you know, those fundamentals of putting words together. I don't really talk about that kind of stuff because, you know, an editor could come in and tighten that up anyway. It's almost about how do you pour your, yourself into your writing and how your writing really can take shape the more you're honest with yourself and you're able to be more creative on the page because you really know yourself now that doesn't mean the world has to know that part of you but they'll get to know you through your writing like you know show me someone's writing I can give you a sense of who they are Yes, you know, we are creative writers. We are making things up. We are creating imaginary things. But, I mean, we call on our own life experiences, scenarios we've witnessed. I mean, in a, on a constant basis. You talk to any writer, I guarantee you they're doing it. Every single thing a writer has ever observed in his life is source material, <laughs> right? And when, when I talk about The Matrix, and when you watch The Matrix and pay attention to the creators behind it, you'll kind of see, like... They were almost foreshadowing their own life, to a degree. And it's really amazing. The film has taken on such a new context. It's almost, it's an entity now. It's it's alive more than ever, than it ever was. And it's beautiful. I, I can't wait to see what, what they did with NEO. I'm not going to... I may try to ruin it for you guys. I mean, I might actually ruin it for you guys when I talk about it, because I kind of have an idea of what's going on. And... um. From watching the trailer i think they kind of revealed a little too much in the trailer hopefully there's an easter egg in there or something that i completely missed but i doubt it and it's a real beautiful thing and i don't know that the matrix might get two episodes <laughs> they might get two i, I want to drop it the day before its released. i want to have all my matrix stuff out the day before at least bef- the day before it's released by the day of the release and then, you know, maybe I'll come back to it. Because I'm definitely going to see that in the movies. And then I'm going to come back and watch it absolutely r- again on HBO Max. Which is, like, my favorite streaming service now of all time. It's just totally eclipsed to ma- uh, Netflix. I mean, what HBO's done with that and what their whole team is done with that is just different level. I mean... <coughs> Everyone knows I'm in love with HBO, and everything I write is for HBO. But man, have they really hit, like, you know, a couple of grand slams straight with that HBO Max presentation they gave us. And just to, for them to bring us Sopranos at this time, for me, is just, I mean, the pinnacle of TV making, regardless of the holes that, you know, that are really easy to poke in, you know, Sopranos is just, like, the greatest collection of, like, creative symmetry that probably has ever been on television. You'll probably never get that again. That many people working in accordance and really just feeding off each other and it working the right way. Now, you know, there's a lot of things people can say about the movie, which I think was something really tough to make. I'm shocked that it even exists. I'm shocked that they would try to tell a Sopranos prequel in two hours. How do you do that? I don't know. I would have, I would have accepted a miniseries or, 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 or some kind of anthology thing that they went with, you know, go with a season or at least a six episode miniseries, but to, try to give context to that much writing and, and events in two hours, it's, it's nearly impossible. And, and, but you know, that just, that's an attestment to the love people have for that show, the people who worked on it and their understanding of how much we love it. So they, they went out there and put that together. So it's a beautiful thing that it exists also, but you know, I'll get into like exactly what the issues I have with it next episode, because I'll go, I'll talk about, you know, the Sopranos film, the Sopranos show and Sopranos film next episode, and then we'll come with the Matrix stuff, because, you know, I'm on a clock now. I got four weeks to get this done. (laughs) Maybe a little less than four weeks. But yeah, so I hope everybody else has been out there writing. Like, I have a lot of interaction with writers of all kind of levels and you know like creative people sometimes what they try to uh, er, there's a lot of early writers tr- who are not writers per se like um when i say not a writer i mean the skill of routing is something they've, they've they've been fearful of their whole life but they feel like they have these stories inside of them that they want to get out and that they have these great ideas and when you turn on the television there are so many avenues to actually get your work. Some people sometimes they feel like they'll get lucky almost, like you know, they, there's too there's so many options one is going to say yeah. But you know, presentations important, you know, devils in the details. So you know, there's a lot of writers out there who are kind of just creative kind of storytellers and they just have to you know, tighten themselves up and get it on paper and 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 Create a presentation that's that's uh, acceptable, and and it, I find myself having the most fun with with those writers because they they don't have an idea of what they don't know. You know, ri- uh, writers are, an, uh, are. I could always tell a good writer by someone who kind of studies people, and you know one of the one of the the main issues I have when I when I have discussions with early writers or people who are early in the process of becoming writers or wanting to write for television is they instantly want to pull from their own life. And and that's perfectly fine. Every writer does it. Everything any writer has ever experienced is source material. But they try to speak, they try to parallel it in a way that they're trying to say the event exactly how it happened. And I usually have to slow them down in those moments. And I say, if you walked across the street without looking both ways, without realizing there was a green light, without realizing there's a semi-truck coming towards you, and the, but the reason you didn't look both ways is because maybe your pet cat died and you were overtaken with grief and you're just kind of or if you failed an exam and you're just grief stricken and you know and you know you're gonna go home and you're gonna get a, a, a butt whipping from your parents because you didn't do good in school. What you have to do is you have to say, you have to encapsulate what created the emotion and let that be the theme. And then you write around the theme more than the specific event because it becomes very surfacey when you just try to mimic life events on the page. It's kind of like when uh, when you watch Inception and, and, and uh, Cobb tells Ariadne not to make things from the real world because it can cause confusion. And that's what'll happen in your writing. You know, your life consists of 24 hours a day, and there are so many little, small, nuanced moments in that whole day that if you actually try to write every moment out and try to just say, I'm gonna take this moment and write it, you can kind of really go on forever and you'll have a hard time really encapsulating the theme, right? Writing and storytelling is about transference of themes. So the real issue is if you're a wonderful student and you fail one well exam, why should you still be getting a beating at home? Maybe the real issue is, is a, a parental abuse, right? And then your story should consist of like, how does an abused person navigate the world instead of trying to write? You know, you don't have to write. <laughs> you almost getting hit by a truck because it's, it's kind of it may not kind of resonate. You know people are going to ask themselves why they're there. And then of course, you know when, when I speak with more experienced writers, the other issue with them is confidence, they, I mean they. You know, I found like artists and creative people are incredibly confident, but in like a non traditional way. And you view whatever you're good at as being the hardest thing there is to be good at. You know? It's like if you like a writer will compare themselves to a basketball player and be like, Well, he was just born tall. So yeah, he can play basketball, or he was born big, or his arm's really strong, so he plays he's a pitcher, whatever. But when it comes to the world that you're specific in, your 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 insecurity kinda is larger. You know, a writer won't be insecure in a room full of f- football players or basketball players or or astrophysicist, would drop them in a room of writers, and there's that one writer that everyone knows who's amazing. And it's like, oh my God, I'm here. What do I do? So, really, like, you know, us more experienced writers, we're always talking about, and, and I'm not, when I, when I say experience, I mean, like, you know, I've been do, writing for a long time and I have a good, decent run. I have works, pieces finished. I went to um, uh, a panel discussion uh, a few years ago in lincoln center and it was about all new york writers writing about new york because that's what i am everything i've ever written takes place in new york city so far and i have a couple of conceptual things that take place outside of new york city but everything i've actually put on paper has taken place in new york and I'm online and we're waiting to get in and we're all kind of talking because everyone's trying to see what level everyone's at. And I mean, I these people hadn't even finished, they were astonished when I spoke about finishing a script. Like, yeah, I finished, I got like four or five pieces done already by the time I had maybe written eight, if I'm not mistaken, you know. Different, I mean, they're not all good things, but I mean, just having one finished and you start seeing pecking order instantly being shaped, people trying to, people standing in different positions. Once everyone's kind of spoken about their output and you could get a sense of what level someone's at as far as like their skill level or, cause you know, skill level is subjective, but just, you know, the ability to, to, to come go from concept to finish piece is kind of a quality and those interactions are amazing and then when you get both levels of the spectrum in the whole well I want to start writing and I know I can do it before you realize kind of what it takes to write then the people who have passed that level and started writing already and they're they're having difficulty so they want to be around more experienced people and then the super experienced dude who's written a whole bunch of things submitted things and He's almost on the cusp. You get all them people in a room. And if it comes when people are trying to figure out who's who, because, you know, unlike athletes, you know, you put a you put a bunch of athletes in a room. You could kind of almost see you could guess who's the man, you know, because you got that visual body type thing. You know, you know, the archetype of the best athlete for each individual sport, what they may look like. Outside, football might trick you because, you know, there are so many different body archetypes needed for that sport to function. But basketball, your eyes will go to the tall guy. You know, baseball, you could kind of tell physically how they're built. You know, the the, the guy who may be a little better than everybody else. Put a bunch of riders in a room in a space or the Internet. And you can see all sorts of different levels you know and different you know pecking order starts being instantly you know things so kind of and i have kind of fun in those environments cuz i'm kind of like almost a la- like i'm 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 a little bit in i'm almost done with that middle group heading into the submitted i'm 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 still kind of i'm i'm in the submitted but turned down group but i'm still a little bit in the middle group cuz you know i i don't know like i i, I teeter back and I'm almost out of the middle group, I say, completely. I guess mainly I say that because of my interactions. You know, I interact more with the middle group, you know? And you'd be surprised. The, the, the submitted, bought group, working writer group, that group deals has such a large number of people who are upset that they're not bigger, I guess. You know, because you can sell pieces left and right all over the place and still have to carry a job. You know, like I can I can sell anime episodes for five thousand dollars and, you know, still have to carry a job. You know, that group of writers that are like working writers that they haven't really hit big and they don't got a deal and they're not. You know they're 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 that you know the elite group of writers who are like you know you know egg whites and tomatoes every morning you know at, at, at some la restaurant or something at 12 o'clock because they don't serve breakfast in la before 12. <laughs> that's just been my experience when i was out there you know i'm new york is really different we get our breakfast you know, breakfast is my favorite food. I eat breakfast food for dinner. I could eat breakfast food three times a day. When I was cooking, I would, I would whip me up some egg whites and some steak for dinner. I mean, you go out to L.A. and I mean, to get an egg, anything with egg on it before 1030. I don't know. Maybe I was in the wrong places. But I mean, you got that egg slut thing. Who, and every breakfast meat and egg slut has this weird taste. That, that's some West Coast thing, man. I'm. I'm used to my pork sausage out here in New York. I don't know what they're doing with their sausages out there. But it's crazy. But I'm out there, and I mean, I'm on sunset over there, and I'm so big. And then if you mess, if you mess around and get, and get caught walking too much, by the time you get back to the spots that were closed, it seems like everybody knows the schedule, and then you can't get in. It's crazy. I'm like, yo, everybody's out there with these little I don't know, like little drinks and they're all in the gyms together, like <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> everyone has athleisure on <laughs> before twelve out there. It's crazy. Yeah, so you know. LA is on the menu still. I'm by this time next year, LA might be my reality. Um I'm not abandoning New York. New York is not done for me. I don't. I just love New York. But you know, I've I watched a film once, and a uh, character said, "You know, you save money, and so you can die somewhere hot." I don't know. That always stuck with me. You know. Was, so yeah, we, you know, we're trying to go somewhere hot for a little while, I guess. You know, and hopefully I could come back to New York because you know, living in New York and and. If, you, if, if the cold annoys you, you're really not making enough money. I really feel that way. Like If the, if the cold is an issue for you, you're kind of not <laughs> making enough money. I, I feel like I need to make more money than come back to New York. <laughs> so the cold won't bother me, because the cold's really been bothering me <laughs> my whole life. Not really my whole life. As a child, we all love the snow days and playing in the snow, but at least... At least the last 10 years, the snow's really been bothering me. The cold's been bothering me. These hurricane storms that keep shutting out, the lights keep bothering me. So, yeah, so, you know, LA's happening, you know. Probably gonna buy something before I leave, rent that out, sublet the apartment, and choop. LA, here I come. Or there I go. Either one, you pick... So yeah, um, this will be dropping on Thanksgiving Day. I'm going to adhere to this schedule because I really, I mean, this is really an, an exciting thing for me, you know, Sopranos movie, Matrix movie, and what got me excited about this because I, it, it sparked up a lot of discussions because people around me really know how much I love Sopranos and The Matrix. So I get into these conversations and we're talking about, yo, what did you think, and Oh, man, yo, you need to put that on the pod. And I'm like, damn, man, I haven't recorded in so long. Like, ugh, like March or something. And season two only had three episodes. And I'm bugging. And I haven't really been writing anyway, you know. So so I don't have this discussion a hundred times, which I probably am yeah, anyway. I figured the pod, I help everybody. Because, I mean, I really make this pod, like, for my friends. <laughs> all my boys and all my, you know, writer friends and people who love to hear me talk even though they complain I talk too much so then we could kind of have some more discussions about Sopranos in the Matrix and everyone's gonna really love it I'm not gonna give off what I think about the movie I almost did a boo-boo and I almost slipped and said something but you know no, no, not gonna slip and I'm going to have a great time now. What do I have planned after that? Not sure. Not sure. Haven't really worked on Elephants Walk in a while. Even though I have tweaked a bit of the story. And the pilot will have to be tweaked for those tweaks. So maybe we'll talk about that once I'm done with this Sopranos Matrix little mini pod series that I'm doing. And, um, you can maybe talk about my serial killer slasher show that I'm working on, that I'm going to have an incredible time presenting. And, I mean, I've already kind of outlined my pitch for that already. And I feel like that one's kind of dangerous. It's a dangerous show at this, I don't know, I just is it a weird time i mean it's I, it, i've been conceiving this show now maybe 6 or 7 months and dexter just redropped right and i'm like they're going back to dexter and you know the world is a vacuum it's it's amazing like you know you, you watch tv I, like i said I, I tend to stay away from the news i read the news but, you know, the news is so hyperbolic and triggering. And, and I, I, you know, there's a discussion on something on CNN, Fox, or MSNBC within earshot of you at all times. And you just hear the rage that people have from watching the news. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm... should I be more sensitive in my writing to a degree? Like, when I say sensitive, I mean, you know, you know that the, the slasher serial killer thing, maybe you know, maybe I'll hold off on that for a little while, you know. Then I'm seeing commercials of Dexter and Mr. Blood Splatter, and I'm like, you know what? None of this shit matters. <laughs> it's all entertainment. Like, you know, I had a brief moment of insecurity, like maybe I might have to put one in this one in the back pocket and do something else. But I mean, the outline is like 80 percent done. I think I've written maybe the six first six pages of the pilot, which is quite amazing because I've never. I I, w- I was really excited about this piece, and I I started writing the pilot without even names. You know, I usually give people you know early early versions have like names as placeholders, but the the first six. I mean, oof. I don't even have the name of the lead character. And it's weird because the first six pages, the lead character kind of, even though them first six are going to get redone, I, I kind of gave her like a, like, you know, I, I don't want to give off. To them. I got to keep this a secret because I don't want to. But yeah, there's, there's no, no solid names out there and I'm, and I'm writing pages. and I mean, I probably haven't really touched those since February. I got to look back at them. Last time I wrote something and didn't look at it in that long, we got Elephant's Walk. So, let's see what this turns out to be. It's really amazing. I, I, I tweaked my, uh, my process for outlining. So this, I'll have fun talking about this. That'll probably come January-ish. And of course, we got to get ready for all the submissions next year. I'm not going to start bugging agents. I, I've left the agents alone and the whole representation thing alone. Yeah, I've been kind of sloppy and responsible myself, but there are a lot of other goals that I've been meeting and, and, and other aspects in my life that I think I just had to kind of get those in order so I can have a little piece. Like, I'm not in a position to quit everything and just work on writing. That's just the reality of it. So the other things kind of have to be in order, you know. What goes on in a writer's life affects his writing not only what he writes, but the quality of he writes, so, of what he writes. So, there's a lot of calm to my life at the moment, so, I think I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in a good spot to kick this off again. And, uh, yeah. That's where I'm at. I'm back. This is episode 001. The Elephants Walk Pod. This will be dropping Thanksgiving. I'm recording it on Thanksgiving I don't, I don't even know what time it is, by the way What time is it? Ugh. No, no, no clocks in the house but, So I hope everybody enjoys a little holiday You know I figure I'd pop in <laughs> i come back Title of this episode, I have no clue What am I going to call this? I have no clue uh, we'll see, I'll work on that, you know. The menu to my life has been expanded, man. That's really what these last two years have been about. So that was the reason why the pod was started. That's the reason why everything I've been doing the last two years has been going on. Just adding, adding to my choices, creating choices, creating options for myself. And I hope everybody else is doing that also. I hope all the other writers out there who are on different levels of their process, whether it be from the moment they get the idea that they can even be a writer to the people who've known they wanted to write forever, for the people who've been turned down 10, 20, 30 times. Just create more options for yourself and add to your menu, expand your menu. And, you know, hopefully we all get to a point, man, where we're being able to pick and Someone can't say no. Um, I'll be back sooner than last time. Everybody knows the social media stuff. And uh, yeah, one.